needs to be. There we are. Hey uh, Hi, Martin. It's my man. I, I'm just waiting for us to give a statement to the Magnus Archives about <laughs> being terrorized by uh, <laughs> Craig Martin. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're just walking with the dogs or something, listening to music, and suddenly Martin joins. Now, it's recording. Now whenever recording. I go, whenever I go jogging, and I listen to episodes, I'm like, <laughs> something bad is going to happen to me. <laughs> I, I have it's dark too when I go jogging. So mm. I've picked I... up the habit to go walk the dogs when I listen to podcasts. But the only podcasts I listen about are the Magnus are I listen to are the Magnus Archives and then Old Gods of Appalachia, which is also a horror podcast. And I live in the middle of nowhere, so I've just mm. got the dogs, and it's me in the middle of these fields. So I, every time, like, well, if I were to get like jumped or murdered or whatever. That'd be unfortunate. No one's around <laughs> to find me. Like, I live in the middle of the, like, suburbs, but it's, like, very creepy suburbs because, like, yeah. there's just a lot of, like, religion around where yeah. I live. So, so, like, there's... Fun fact, my house is tech... I don't think my house was built on it, but my, like, estate I live in is built on an old convent cemetery. Oh, uh, you should move. You should definitely yeah. move. <laughs> Salorgan is such a weird place. Salorgan's great. Uh, it's very cryptic. It's not, mm. though. It's like the most fucking boring. Like, If you were going to set a TV show based on like cryptic happenings in like a small rural suburb of Dublin, you would set it in Salorgan. <laughs> My mom and I were talking uh, like a uh, couple days ago about how we visited Ireland a couple of years ago. We went on mm-hmm. a road trip and one of the last days we were driving through the mountain range. The Wicklow Mountains, I think? Yeah. They're the murder yeah. mountains. Well, see, they're co- if you're in Wicklow, they're called the Wicklow Mountains. But then if you're in Dublin, they're called the Dublin Mountains. Because <laughs> we okay. have to own everything. Yeah. Okay, so we were, we were driving through this mountain range and at some point, like, at exactly the same point in time, my mom and I both got chills and, like, goosebumps for a solid yeah. couple of minutes. And we're like, what, what is going on? And then it stopped for both of us at the exact same time. Like, what just happened? That was the creepiest so, thing yeah. ever. And then we looked it up, and then apparently in that spot that we drove through had been some sort of, like, battlefield. And we were like, you oh, know. that's fucked up. There's a lot of, like, bad shit. So, like, there's two kind of things that always stand out to me about the Wicklow Mountains. One's, like, a general, like, bad thing where there was, like, a very famous, like, serial killer that was never really caught. Like, they think there's people who've done it, but they haven't never been convicted of it. So there's, like, a lot of women who are just, like, abandoned in those mountains that they've never found the bodies of, um, like, in the 90s. So that's horrible. And the other thing is, like, there's, if you believe in them, they reckon a load of ley lines go through the Dublin mountains. Uh, So, like, I have a story of, like, three or four years ago, or even longer, maybe five years ago, me and my friend were, like, really into the Raven Boys. um, Oh, yes. Great book series, um, if anyone's listening. So we went for this hike, and we had, like, looked it up beforehand, and there was, like, oh... Loads of ley lines go through this mountain range we're hiking in, so why don't we like keep an eye out for them? 
and we kind of got to the point and I was like a hike it was me and her and my parents and we were both like 17 so and my parents came with us we're doing this like six hour hike and we get to this point it's like about five hours in and we come to this clearing on the trail so like it's like middle of nowhere in the mountains so we come to this clearing and there's just a broken pentagram made of stones. Oh no. Nope. Nope. Turn around. Just, just go. Go. <laughs> you left. No, so like we were we were like walking, so like there's a park in Dub Ireland, Dublin, even, called Marley Park. And what you can do is you can start the hike there and you just walk up into the mountains. And there's like a six day trail you can do and there's like kind of fixed points you can stop on. So we were just doing like the first leg of it, so like we had to kind of get, we had to finish the trail because basically my parents like left one of our cars in the town that was like at the other end of the mountain. Yeah, Does that yeah, make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Like an, yeah. We had like an hour left. So we're like, well, we have to keep going this way. So we get to this clearing, we find this stone pentagram and me and my friend Lizzie are like, fuck no. Like no one's stepping that. And my dad, who's like a serious guy, but also kind of like, you know, a little bit like there's definitely bad shit in the universe was like, oh, that's hell no. Like, that's just bad vibes. Um, and my mom was like, yeah, that, that's good. No one's stepping it. And then, for some fucking reason, she wasn't watching where she was going. And she <laughs> stepped into the pentagram. And, like, she stepped into it. And I went, mom. And she was like, oh, shit. And, like, stepped out of it. And I, I was know. like, I was like, well, the fairies are going to kill you now. And she went, ha, ha, ha. Very funny. Don't fucking joke about that, Hannah. And I was like, okay, sorry. And, and then, then she died. No. <laughs> oh no. Then about twenty five minutes later, they kind of stopped just to have like we had bought like a flask of coffee, and my mom was like, "I'm really tired all of a sudden," oh. and we were like, "Ha ha ha!" The fairies kidnapped you, and she was like, "Ha ha ha!" Fuck off. And both my parents, because they're like into hiking and health and fitness and stuff, they had their um hiking trackers on. So my dad and mom had like turned them on at the exact same point. I had them going all day, and they've been like same up until this point. And so they take out their phones just to check them. And my dad's was, like, still working perfectly. But my mom's, the moment she'd stepped into the circle, it had gone out in five points and come back in again and said she had walked an extra 80 kilometers. What? What? Yeah, oh, I'd ever no. go there again. And to this day, we have no idea what had happened, how it happened. And she was like... That's really weird. And it said she'd done an extra, like, three or four hours of walking. Jesus Christ. No. Oh, I don't like that. No, 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 no. But also, like, knowing myself, I would, like, step into that just to test it. I would make someone else step into it. I would encourage... Yes, you would make me step <laughs> You would yeah. make me step into it. That's Definitely. That's how our friendship works. Yeah. <laughs> It was really weird because, like, again, you know, we I haven't done no research into ley lines. I don't say I believe in them or anything. I just read this book series that I really liked. But there was, like, a lot of, like, really creepy shit. Like, I think there was one point where, like, we walked, as we were, like, doing this hike, we, like, looked sort of left, and there was this field. But in Ireland, there's lots of, like, um, kind of old Celtic cemeteries and kind of stone forts and stuff. Because, obviously, they're, like, historical sites, so they haven't been dug up. Um, and on top of a good few mountains, especially in Dublin, the Dublin mountains or the Wicklow mountains, there's these, like, stone kind of graves where basically it's, like, I don't know how to like, these mounds of stones and you put, like... Yeah, I know what others. they are, like, the burial yeah. mounds, like, when you, like, yeah. little tiny hills and you know there's someone buried there. 
Yeah, like most of them are really famous. What I remember about between us, like finding that stone pentagram and us realizing the weird thing about like my mom's phone, we had like walked past one of them. I <laughs> mean, my friends were like, no, <laughs> this is just, this is the setup of a really bad movie. We're just not fucking interacting. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, that's my cryptic story for the day. So, hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Archive Admirers, our show where we discuss the Magnus Archives by Rusty Quill. As always, I'm joined by my other co-host, Nigel. Hello. Faustina. Hi. And Elka. Hi. And my name is Hannah. So for anyone who hasn't listened to our previous episodes, you really should because... You know, we're, we're listening to a show in sequential order, but if you're just dipping in to have a listen, basically what we do here is we discuss the Magnus Archives by Rusty Quill an episode at a time. So in the first half of our episode, we're going to be talking about what we thought of the story overall, kind of our things we liked about it, what we disliked about it. And then in the back half of the show, me and Elka are going to disappear and then we're going to get into our spoily discussion about how this one particular episode fits into the overall story of Magnus and then what our predictions are for the rest of the show. And now that I've done the introduction, I should really state what episode we're actually listening to this week, or this episode anyway. Episode's so much in this one sentence, but it's like hard when you're talking about another podcast and you're like, my podcast versus a different podcast. That's a um, lot of podcasts. It's a lot of podcasts. So, the, episode, the Magnus Archive uh, statement we're talking about this week is statement number four, page turner. And Nigel, do you want to give us your best Jonathan Sims impression and tell us what this episode's all about? Okay, so this is statement of Dominic Swain regarding a book briefly in his possession in the winter of 2012. So basically, this story is about this man, Dominic, who he works as a lighting technician uh, in theater companies, and he's going to meet up with a friend of his uh, to go see a show, maybe rekindle a romance that they had. And so before the show is there, he goes into a local Oxfam and, uh, you know, just browses along, and then he finds a book which he thinks he it's very... Uh, you know, it's very old, it seems to be bound in calf leather, but it's very cheap. So he has a look in it, and it's all in Latin, and it's called Exaltiora. Uh, and it's got a little book place in it that says, From the Library of Jürgen Leitner. And he looks at it, and it's very, you know, very arcane. And then he decides to buy it. And then all throughout the performance that he goes and watches, he thinks he can smell ozone. Like, just this pervading smell of ozone. Then, as things goes, go on, he starts to look into the book to try and find out more and more about it, because he's kind of just haunted by this smell of ozone. Uh, and 
he looks into it, he asks about the book, can't really find anything. He tries to find things about Jürgen Leitner. The closest thing he can find is there was a book uh, accredited to his, his name sold on eBay a while back. Uh, and then one of the dealers says that, oh, Jürgen Leitner used to deal with this company called Pinhole Books in Morden. Uh, so he does that, goes to a show, and finds himself that he can't stop thinking about XL Teora and whatever, and then he decides to go for a walk to clear his head and doesn't realize that he's walked all the way to Morden to the door of Pinhole Books, and it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and knocks on the door, and an old lady comes out, she's bald, all of her skin is tattooed in some foreign language. Uh, he shows her the book, she sees the lighter and invites him in, and they go into this room, they hear death metal being played upstairs from by someone apparently called Jerry. Uh, and so she goes in anyway, and she's talking about Leitner's, and she says, like, would you like to see mine? And in the room there's also, like, parchment and fish hooks and stuff. And she shows a book that's she, this also from Leitner, that she passes through the shadows and then bones come out of the book. And Dominic just, you know, he's like, oh, I wonder, does my book do that? <laughs> and he looks in the book and the pictures, there's pictures in this book, also woodcuts, and they've slightly changed. And one that used to just be this empty sky now has a, a figure, the Lichtenberg figure in it. And it reminds him of a childhood friend he had who was struck by lightning getting this marking on his back uh, and then there was the smell of ozone so he goes home anyway and in the middle of the night there's a knock on his door and he goes and opens it and there's Jared Key the son of Mary the lady who works in Pinhole Books is there and he wants to buy the book from him he says I'll buy it for £5,000 and the man Dominic goes okay uh, and then Jer Jerry goes I need to go get the money, it leaves. So he goes, and then Dominic decides to look into Jared and Mary Key, finds out that Mary Key has actually been dead for a couple of years, and Jared was suspected in her murder. She was found with some of her skin taken off and hung up, uh, and then Jared shows, he comes back with the money, buys it, and then before he leaves, he puts the book in the bin and burns it. And uh, that's it. Shine on scale. Yeah. Um, you know, if I went to a bookshop and the person who I was me talking to in this bookshop was like, look at my book. It makes animal bones appear. I would not react well. <laughs> I nope. would not do okay. I just also love how she phrases it. Like, show me yours and I'll show you mine. It's such a... Not what I would use when I'm talking about books. It's strange, yeah. but it's also a weird connection I made. It's what Barty Crouch says to Harry Potter in the fourth house. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you show me the, the mark that Voldemort gave you, I'll show you my Death Eater mark. That's it. He says, I'll show you I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Yeah, and I have the same 
remark for that. It's, it's just a, weird. Yeah. It's not a big <laughs> measuring. Like, Sir, <laughs> this is a McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, we're just we're talking about books here, not. So yep, very from, weird yeah. books. Very weird. <laughs> so it's what a bit do you of an guys? Understatement. <laughs> It's just, yeah, it's just not a good time. So, like, what do you guys think <laughs> of this kind of story? I like I it. Like we've, we've broken Fastina already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love this. I mean, this is the first one where you really start getting into the the bit where it's so obvious that, like, this is not just one episode. Like, it's, the, I was, yeah. All the other stuff before that, it's more contained, like you can see it on its own, even though there's still like questions like with the delivery people, like, yeah, there's obviously something weird going on with them. But with this one, it's so clear that this Jared guy, he knows shit. Like, he's been doing this for like a while. And then... He has seen some shit. Yeah, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then the guy who who's uh, making the statement when he mentions yeah. his um his yeah, friends. No, yeah no no the 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 Dominic Dominic Swain he mm-hmm. mentions his his friend and the weird lightning stuff and it's like well that was like years ago how what, yeah how long what what is this <laughs> yeah there's a lot more questions with this episode it's definitely, or with yeah. all the ones before it Mm, it's one of my. F- I... Sorry, no, you go, uh, Nigel. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> uh, listening to it at the end, it was just like, this is the first one where it kind of feels like there's, and like, I kind of felt that there was a plot when I went into the thing because it's like this is a narrative fiction podcast and it's been going on for so long. It's hardly just like you know. Each one is a contained, like, freak of the week. But this is the first one where I actively had the feeling, you know, because this was before episodes had callbacks to other things, and you go, okay, those are connected. This is the first one where it teases something bigger. Like, when I hear, you know, when he talks about, like, if I hear the name Jürgen Leitner again, it'll be too soon. It's like, okay. It's the first episode to me... Because I remember when I like listened to it. Because you're listening to it, and there's like all these characters. So like Leitner and the the keys, or however you pronounce Mary and uh, Jared's name. His reaction, like the archivist's reaction, being like, "I thought if I like it's the if I ever hear the name Jurgen Leitner again, it will be too soon." Like it definitely feels like I think it does two things. It makes the same as what you were saying, Nigel, where it's like, okay, now we're starting the plot. You know, we've mm. done the set dressing, we've done our few mood pieces. Obviously, there's going to be callbacks to those episodes maybe later on, maybe not. It's going to maybe setting, peppering in some, like, potential callback stuff later. But this is the first one where you're like, these three people are going to get mentioned again. Like, this is, this is going to be plot. Maybe it won't be plot for a while, but it's definitely the start of kind of this stuff. And I also really like it because it really makes it feel like the Institute, or sorry, the Magnus Archive, or the Magnus Institute, I should say, it makes us feel like it's like, it gives it history, right? Because mm-hmm. if they're talking about like this 1994 incident, 
and this is like set in 2016 you're like oh this place is at least 30 years old and it's yeah, like and also what John who says like Gertrude has been an archivist for 50 years it's like clearly mm-hmm. there is a story with her being archivist and she's clearly yeah. done stuff besides like not filing decently yeah all Gertrude Robinson know how to do is eat hot chip, not file statements correctly, <laughs> and <Yeah>. lie. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I was just thinking what I also really started doing us after this episode is pay attention to all the names. Mm-hmm. Like, before this one, I was just like listening, and then not really, I never really registered names. I'm like, they pass me by. But after this, I was like, oh, wait. I should, <laughs> I should remember who all these people are. Because, yeah, they're going to be back, aren't they? Like, this and, really and feels was... like... No, sorry, you go. No, sorry. Uh, yeah, I wanted to say, considering concerning names, I remember that Johnny once had some sort of tweet or comment or in a Q&A maybe, where someone was like, there are several characters that pass by that are named Gerard or Jared or variations on that name, and the way Johnny pronounces them makes them all sound the same way. And they're like, well, how many <laughs> Jareds are running around in this world? <laughs> An abundance of Jareds. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, no, like, the, what I like about this episode and kind of what you were saying about paying attention to the names I think it does such a good job at making you kind of go okay Jorgen Leitner and the keys they're important like it's almost like if this was a tv show these would be like the the famous actors that are like guest starring and you're like well they're gonna come back because it's like it's Martin Freeman he's a he's a Marvel (laughs) man now yeah, they paid for his face. They're not going to have him in just one scene. Yeah. Um, but it's also like... Been... Like, the you know, the next time that these show up, it's like, you know, it's still very, like, below the surface. Mm. It's not, like, anything direct. So, in theory, you could just be like, hmm, okay, I'm not like twig of oh, these things are explicitly connected which is something that magnus is quite good at you know if you're not paying attention to the names and then you go that sounds familiar and then you I have remember a this like name. hannah did yeah. where you go on the the wikipedia and it's like oh there's oh, no. 100 entries here yeah i've been um, so tempted to go look stuff up because i keep i keep hearing stuff and going wait wait where did I hear this name again? It's been in like several episodes, I'm sure, but I just can't remember. And I really want to look stuff up, but I also really don't because yeah. Oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna fuck myself over. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think besides just the like how interesting Lightner and the keys are, because obviously like we do have a little bit of context of. Uh, like writing like I think all of us are into literature or at least into like the idea of storytelling so obviously we're kind of slightly cued into being like putting a lot of attention to these three people they're probably important but I think just as like a story this one is so creepy and interesting 
Yeah. Like, this idea of just, like, finding this book and, like, it almost, like, haunting you. And then, like, finding other people that are associated with this and, like, being, you know, you show me yours, I'll show you mine. And, like, this idea of, like, oh, there's more of these fuckers out there. Like, what what else could there... <laughs> yeah. I think Robert De Niro would be a good Jurgen like Robert oh. De Niro. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what would be a good Jurgen like R- De Niro. Robert De Niro. Would be a good Jurgen like Irish man Robert De Niro. Irish man Robert De Niro. <laughs> I'm continuing my cast. My, uh, it's, my casting It's me, call. Robert De Niro. De Niro. <laughs> so we've got Danny DeVito, we've got Robert De Niro. Um, star-studded cast. Star-studded cast. Who would play Mary, uh, Key? Mm. Mm. I feel like someone with the vibes of... What's her name? Eva Green, I think. Like the sharp... Yeah, bone I know structure, who you mean. But older. Yeah, but she's a... Yeah. She's too young. Yeah, Although, Eva Green, from her work in Penny Dreadful, she'd make an amazing, like, portrayal of, you know, a relevant Magnus character. Yes, we need her as someone, definitely. Um, since Jared Key wears a leather jacket, I'm just saying right now, he has to be played by Keanu Reeves, uh, continuing his... Yeah. I have proof, yeah. yeah. I, just, I just keep imagining him... As Gerard Way, but that's only because they have the same name. I guess. Slightly related. When you were like, when I was thinking about it, I was like, what about Robert Sheehan? <laughs> Actually, Robert Sheehan would be so good. I but love Robert Sheehan. He's great. Yeah. He'd show up at Dominic's door and he'd be like, bonsoir. <laughs> Just like Klaus from uh, Umbrella Academy. Mm. You can see ghosts too, it fits. It's really funny because Robert Sheehan is Irish. So he's one of those like he lives an, near me. Yeah, you keep an eye on him. Like Irish, like <laughs> Irish people are like he's Irish. I must go see this movie, even if it's bad. That's why I saw yeah. the <laughs> Mortal Instruments movie where he is horribly miscast. Oh, but I was like, mm. gotta do. Mm, he's gotta... Simon. That movie. Yeah. Is... Let's not go into that movie. <laughs> A whole other podcast just on. <laughs> Just don't on the Instruments. <laughs> yeah. I have so many things to say about City of Glass. Don't start me. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> let's, um, let's go back to this podcast. Yeah. I was mm. also laughing at the end of the episode when John is doing his post-statement thing. And he's like, yeah, I sent my, uh, Martin to find wherever Exaltiora might be in other catalogs, but he didn't find anything. So I, I sent Sasha. Sasha. <laughs> oh, we need to start a Martin bully counter because yes. oh my god, yes. poor I man. I think this is two. Yes. Because the so first far, one two. was in the first one was in the first episode immediately, where Jolene goes like, "Yeah, I've got these three assistants, and Martin is useless. I wouldn't count Martin yeah. as an assistant." And yeah. now this one, I think. And Sasha kind of gets mentioned in every episode. Is like, isn't Sasha great? And you're like, yeah, Sasha's great. Sasha's a babe. Oh, Sasha. Um, ten out of ten, I'm Sasha. To... I'm trying to think. Is there anything else from specifically 
Because like I feel like we've done a lot of talking about like how this is setting something up, like other stuff up. But is there anything in like this episode you guys think is really interesting? Because I think the whole pinhole books thing, like that feels like that's gonna be. And it's just very creepy, like being brought yeah, it's to this. So atmospheric, the room that's like covered all in book, and the only bit that isn't covered is a big painting of an eye with like. Yeah, there's something up with that. What the fuck is wrong with that eye? <laughs> yeah, I have so many things written down, but they're all over the spoiler chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this one feels like a like y'all's spoiler chat section is gonna be sick. Yeah, um, I think so. With three C's. <laughs> what but I yeah, like no, as that... well. Oh. No, go for it. Were you? What were you gonna say? I was gonna just read out what the inscription underneath the uh, painting was. So the inscription is: "Grant me, a, grant us the sight that we may not know. Grant us the scent that we may not catch. Grant us the sound we may not call." I was thinking. Sounds like a chant. Yeah, I was also thinking. But that might be because English isn't my native language. But isn't it? Doesn't it have like two meanings possibly? Is it like? Is it the 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 eye thingy that's forbidding them and obstructing them from hearing and seeing, or is it something else that's stopping them and that the eye could give them the power? Yeah. So I mean. Chanting as a thing, like I've I did, I've just done a lot of like 16th century religious texts, and I, so, gonna, I, I thought you were gonna say I've done a lot of chanting in my. That's like Nigel, don't lie. <laughs> just just be honest. You've joined the Knights of the Campanile. You've done your set, like you know. Oh Jesus, no. <laughs> mm. No, uh, <laughs> I have done a lot of chanting, and <laughs> but no, so. Yeah, it, it could be that they're raising in supplication for something to be lifted that this uh, this uh, the eye in this case has put uh, like an interdiction down, said no, and they're like supplicating that it be removed or they're calling on it in prayer to grant them something. So either they want to they want a boon, but in two different ways. Yeah. Yeah, I totally interpret it as a, as a prayer. Yeah, was my first thought. But also, as well, like the the thing Mary does with her book, where she like passes it in the shadows, and after she kind of does that, he, he's like, "I knew something was different," and he's like, "I knew something was different about my book as well as her book," and that's like, even after like the bones start falling out of the book. So that's I just remembered something that I that I thought of when I heard this episode. Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> No, no, go for it. I'm just talking shit. I just... It reminds me of... Although I haven't read them. Um, what's his... What's Eldritch Horror Dude? Uh, Lovecraft. 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 Yeah. He really likes his <laughs> books that make you crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thing with him. Yeah. And I, re I really like that theme. That it like goes back to like old-timey horror with the Eldritch beings. And the more you know... Yeah, sure, you know more, but it's also making you insane. But I also think as well, like, I think books have this really powerful place in, like, our society mm. and our culture. And it's like, you know, it's kind of like they're they're holders of knowledge and stuff, So, but they don't change. 
So the fact that, like, these books were changing, like, especially that thing, like, can you imagine if you had, like, a traumatic childhood incident where, like, your actions cause someone to be, like, physically scarred with, like, light, like, hit by lightning. Mm. And that turned up in a book that you that you found in a charity shop. And it didn't even just turn up in a book, it turned up yeah. in the book after some shady shit happened to it. Actually, yeah. on that, I've put a picture of Lichtenberg figure scar. Yeah, I googled them. The they're really cool. In the chat there. Yeah. Holy shit, they're cool. I made a D&D yeah. character with a Lichtenberg scar unrelated to this episode. <laughs> Like, mm. do they just kind of, if you get hit by lightning, it's just the lightning traveling through you does yeah, that thing. Yeah. My god. I was also thinking with the eye thingy, the way he described, like, getting lost in the painting up to the point where he couldn't see that, like, the eye itself anymore reminded me a lot of how he described getting caught up in the uh, wood carvings, like, the moment mm-hmm. of vertigo. Yeah. So, I don't know if the eye is like a separate supernatural thing, or if that's... I... The way I kind of interpreted it was like, obviously when he finds the book, he is... Something kind of triggers when he buys it, right? Because he yeah. talks about that, like, when he bought it, that's when he gets the ozone, and like the ozone follows him around, and that's like the ozone from when his friend got hit by lightning. And when Jared buys the book he was like I kind of knew there had to be a transaction or else it wouldn't work yeah that's to be equal like yeah equal exchange maybe yeah or just yeah deal the way fairies work yeah, yeah. It's, it's this kind of, this notion of like a transactional kind of evil where a bargain has to be struck mm-hmm. but but also just Jared's response to getting that is immediately to burn it, you know? Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. His instinctive reaction is, this is bad, and yeah, I've paid for it in a bargain, but morally I know this is bad, this is something that my mother doesn't know, she doesn't always know what's best for the family, and he sets it on fire and just leaves. But also the fact that, like, sorry, go for it. It's also that Dominic doesn't actually really do anything about it. Like, he just bought this book and then sold it on. And then the dude burns it in his own trash can. I would be slightly <laughs> worried about that. And maybe try to stop him because, like, well, you're fucking burning this book. He just he doesn't. No. <laughs> Why would you stop him? This book has been causing you nothing but grief. Yeah, but, like, as an instinctual thing, like, you give someone a book, they give you 5,000 pounds for it. And then they just immediately throw it in your trash can in your apartment and burn it. I think my reaction would be like, hey, dude, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Instead of just watching it happen and then hey, like... Hey, five, 5,000 pounds is 5,000 pounds. Yeah, I know, but, but I, guess I would just have more of a questioning reaction than stare at it as it happened. So, Dominic, uh, I... as, a, as a subject for the things that are happening, is remarkably blasé. Yeah. About everything. <laughs> <And> probably <laughs> that's why he's still alive, though. Because, yeah, like, yeah. like, 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 the dude is fucking after open. it. Yeah. Yeah, like, the dude and dude are after open. it, and you're dead. Don't ask questions. Don't acknowledge mm. it. Seems to be the best. Actually, to bring up Do Not Open again, we're starting to get 
this is this is a strange thing to bring attention to. We're starting to get to get this sort of view <laughs> of the economics of the the supernatural in um, the Magnus Archives, where <laughs> it's five thousand pounds for a book which will remind you of a traumatic childhood incident, but you'll get ten thousand pounds to watch over a coffin for yeah. for an indeterminate amount of time. <laughs> But that, that brings up another interesting thing where it's like, it seems to be when, like, transactions seem to be important in this world. So obviously there's, yeah. like, deals being made. And also, like, I think something that's so interesting about, like, Jared's reaction to when he buys the book is that, like, okay, if I was, like, a supernatural fucking book burner, you know, like, I was trying to get rid of all the evil <laughs> That's an excellent whatever. Twitter name, supernatural book burner. <laughs> I wouldn't fucking open the thing. I'd just be like, thank you. I'm just like, destroy it. It's the fact he looks through it. So like, yeah. does he find something in the book? Is something I think is really interesting. Is there like... Yeah, or maybe he was confirming that it was actually what he was told it was. Like, yeah. I assume Mariki told him, like, hey, this dude showed up with this Jürgen Leitner book. Would she do? find it and bring it home. And then he shows up and looks at, like, is this actually the book my mom told me about? I also love the way just none of us have talked about the fact that Jared may have murdered him, his yeah, mother, and then she was like... that's what I was just thinking. She's <laughs> still there. The is elephant in the room. <laughs> what is happening with this? Is she alive? Is she dead? Is she a ghost? Is this something? Yeah, yeah, I guess just she was a ghost, somehow. I don't know. When, when the whole thing with the... Because the, there's weird shit going on with her skin. Because when, yeah. when, when Dominic finds out that she's dead, it mentions that she didn't have tattoos or something. I, don't, I can't remember, but there was something mm. weird going on there. So when she, no, I think she didn't, was... have, she didn't yeah, have tattoos yeah. before she died, and then the, they found skin hanging yeah. in the, yeah. the room when they found Mary Key's body when it overdosed and it was like covered in permanent marker or like pen or something. So I think the yeah. implication is like, did she come back to life with Sanskrit written on her? Now I just Googled Sanskrit and I think this is a really interesting thing. Sanskrit is the holy, is the like, you know, it's like the classical language of Southeast Asia and stuff, but it's the sacred language of Hinduism. So that's another interesting connection of like, you've got these two books that are written in languages that are associated with like, religion mm. and then they're doing stuff that is like freaky evil. demon shit yeah. yeah well not necessarily evil like you know the 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 in the heights one is just reminding you of your guilt which is uh, as someone who's raised roman catholic that's they like to do that uh they like to make oh. feel guilty about things fair and then like i don't know enough about hinduism to kind of comment on that but the fact it's animal bones like I don't know what if there's like a connection to like a story based in that or something, but it seems like a very weird thing for a book to do. My books generally it... don't shed animal bones on my floor. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't had that happen yet. I you go and you buy a book and then you open it and animal books come out and you're like, oh come on, really? Like there's really? Skinner Sabri's eggs. Like you crack them open and there's a toy inside. <laughs> <laughs> if the toy is animal bones, why would why? <laughs> well, like, 
like you you know those toys you get them and they're in parts yeah. inside the eggs and you have to like put them together and get oh them, like, yeah bigger. this makes everything like, so much better bones onto the floor <laughs> you've got some glue you can make something out of it so like is there something that's like living in the channel like the shadows it just has like you know it's got all these animal bones and it's like multiple hands and it's just like whenever the book passes by it just goes Ugh. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's a hidden camera show <laughs> but also they're like the pinhole pinhole camera yeah that's true yeah they're malformed animal bones yeah they're oh, yeah. shaped and what's up with that yeah and then just the fact that mary key is dead question mark <laughs> is interesting <laughs> But like the fact she died of an overdose and then it was like he was tried for murder and then a piece of evidence just disappeared. So like the implication I got with that was like, oh yeah, she fucking came alive again. Is the you know like yeah, what are evidence are... Are... substantial piece of evidence, the body is gone. <laughs> unless unless she's just chilling in that coffin, like <laughs> my coffin, it's gone whoop de doop. <laughs> Coffin just walk up. Maybe she's the she's the one in the coffin and do not open. But that's the only thing I can think that's associated. Like that's the you know we have we've had four stories so far and there's been two weird freaky deaky like body incidences or three even because like your man from the the last episode disappeared as well. Yeah. So like, what's happening to all these bodies? What happened to Graham? Justice for Graham. <laughs> okay. Right. Does anyone have any final comments on this episode before we jump into the spoiler section? No, I can't. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Can't wait to. F I. In when I, I heard this, I couldn't wait to hear what happened next. I mean, this was the one. That's like yeah. Yeah. If you have to recommend an episode in the first like five for people to listen to i think this is this or pretend or anglerfish would be your like give yeah. this a shot if you really don't buy with it you probably won't like the show mm. yeah that's fair yeah well now we've reached a point in the episode where elka and i get shoved into the uh interdimensional yeah. vortex uh where we can't hear no speak and we'll be back with you shortly after our little spoiler discussion to talk about our predictions for the rest, well, our predictions based on this episode and then to wrap up. So we'll see you guys soon. At to one hour and seven seconds, if you wish to avoid serious spoilers. We in the clear? Can you hear us? That or they're playing possum very well. <laughs> I wanted to say that Elke is extremely close to figuring out what's going on with her Lovecraftian entities. Yeah. And the more you know, the, the crazier you get. Is extremely accurate. Mm. It... it, it, it. It's kind of intuitive, you know, like that point, you know, because he talks about the he talks about the text in a way that's like, you know, if you're clued into the 
way other kind of like quasi-religious yeah you know texts like lovecraft's necronomicon you know you get the vibe of that you know like you said like we said we're all kind of into literature so yeah, we would know that. that so it's very much like bringing our own preconceptions and stuff to bear which is yeah, also you go ahead oh I, I mean it also ties back into what hannah was saying about uh the books you know books and they have they're kind of monolithic uh, in the sense that they don't change and the only thing that actually changes about a book is the experiences we bring to bear on it so these exaltiora uh you know through the vast reflects dominic's childhood trauma of you know his friend getting hit by lightning and Mary Mary Key's book, I don't know, it shows the bones of something dead, I guess, so it reflects her true nature of being was, dead. Oh, maybe. I was thinking that the book Mary Key turns out is the Bone Turner book. I'm not sure. It has, because we... Yeah, I'm not sure if it is possible within, like, the timeline and stuff. I don't remember mm. enough details to be able to say that. But yeah, that we'd have to what check I remember, the timeline. Yeah, because from what I remember with the Bone Turner, with, what's his name, Jared Hopsworth, who starts misshaping bodies and into things that they shouldn't really be anatomically. Could that be. That makes sense with, to me, that would make sense with bones fully out also, that aren't shaped as natural hmm. beings. We also do have a more explicit link to the Bone Turner's tale because... Dominic Swain's childhood friend is Michael Crew, who drops yeah. uh, the Bone the Turner's tale in the library. Yeah, and it's also isn't it also an episode in season one. I'm gonna check. Yeah. That's also there's one, one. There's one where he specifically gives a statement to um the one the one episode forty something, the Bone Turner's tale is given from the 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 statement is given by the librarian, but yeah, there is one that uh, Michael Crew gives the statement himself. Yeah, but I mean the the Bone Turner Tale one is, mm. I think. Yeah, it's episode seventeen. Because that's, I think, where that light notebook shows up, which also mentions my crew, and then mm. you've got. Mike's own uh, statement. Yeah. This one, this one is strange the way it spreads out. You know? Because yeah. we've talked about all of these episodes, how they set up so much, and it's kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of uh, the job of a series when it starts off that it sets up all these things and it's meant to hook you in. Um, but it's strange the way this one spreads out because, you know, first of all, we still haven't gotten to the actual plot of season one, but that's by the yeah. by. We kind of expect that. But, like, we've got, um, you know, we've got Michael Crew, which links onto the Bone Turner's tale, and we have, um, we have the Vast here for the first time. The Spiral is kind of tied to the, uh, the picture 
of the eye that uh, Jared draws, and then also the end briefly because Mary coming back with the thing she was trying to become bound to the catalog of the trapped dead, which is a lighter book aligned yes. with the end. So yeah, we have because... all of that. Because with the picture of the eye I said earlier, like, I don't know if it's uh, related to the book or not, or if it's just an entity on its own. I meant, like, I don't think this specific image of an eye is linked to the beholding. No. It's it's just an eye that is probably drawn by Jared, because he's he is Eyeline. Yeah, it, it's there... And related to the eye in the sense that they need to tease that Jared is aligned with the eye. Yeah, but it's like and nothing more. itself isn't actually beholding. No. It's just... Yeah. It's just there's a fun little hat tip. And there's another thing that, uh, like we said, the three names that are going to come back with my crew and the keys and then also Jurgen Leitner, of course. There's mm. the one person... At some point, Dominic starts going to the internet to find like people who talk about books, and he mentions this one user that's got GR Bookworm one eight one eight. Yeah, that's Gertrude, um, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's all. That's like super sneaky, but that's also yeah. a setup. That's set up there, and when John says at the end, you know. That it's quite obvious that Gertrude just threw the statements wherever she didn't yeah. push the mention of a Leitner from so recent on top of, uh, you know, the ongoing investigations pile. Uh -huh. You know. Yeah, and you know also... when we hear just that, we're meant to think, oh, she's kind of lazy or whatever, bad at her yeah, job. She's shitty at her job. And we don't find that out later, until you know, until later that she's doing it on purpose. But we have a specific other hint in this episode for the first time that also hints at that with Gior Bookworm 1818 yeah and there's I also have to laugh a little at John saying like I'm going to tell Elias about this because well Elias yeah she's specifically <laughs> she's specifically buying the books and fucking up the statements uh, you know yeah. to keep them away from Elias <laughs> and John's now going hey let's tell Elias all of it. I think just as a whole, let's tell Elias is the worst possible yeah. course you could do with anything. I am excited to get to the season one and season two statements of Elias because at that point there's just no indication yet that he's, you know, the big bad evil guy. And yeah, I mean, I'm so used to with listening season five, I am now so used to seeing Elias as evil. So it's going to be fun to see him yeah. as he, like, you know, with his shields up as his persona of, like, the, the nice mentor kind of person. Yeah, but even even then, you know, I did I just thought, oh, he's kind of a bit of a prick, really, up yeah, until the season four finale where he's explicitly like, I manipulated you in this way and this way, you know? Yeah, it's like season... One and two, he's just like, I, I, he's a prick, but it's just because he's the big boss and he's just a posh asshole. And then season hmm. three, it kind of grows little, and season four is like, oh, okay, he is definitely the bad guy. 
Mm. And then you get the finale, and it's like, oh, wow, he's so much worse than I expected. Yeah, because the first reveal that Elias is slightly off is where he kills Jürgen Leitner at the end of uh, season yeah. two. And that yeah. comes directly after where Jürgen Leitner gives his statement and talks about the incident that happened in 1994 that John mentions. You know, after that, there shouldn't have been any more Leitners, which is when his library burnt down when multiple entities attacked it. Yeah. Yeah, it, I like how they, like, exponentially give away how bad Elias actually is. I'm very excited to see where how he'll be portrayed in Season 5. Because yeah, we, we haven't seen him yet. No, but as of the end of the, the most recent episode, as we're recording yeah. this, 187, checking out, uh, London is in sight. Yeah, London is in sight, and I'm very excited to see, like, Elias being a smug bastard hmm. about succeeding at his plan. Also, can we just take a minute? Gerard Keith. <laughs> I love Jared. Yeah, he's cool. He's also very intriguing throughout the seasons. Well, yeah. As far as he goes, anyway. Because I think Elke has now started season three, right? She's very close to the to the whole reveal of the yeah. entities. Yeah, well, because, like, Leitner says a bunch of shit at the end of season two, but it's not really yeah. quantified until, like, later on, when he yeah, talks then, to Jared and stuff. Yeah, and Jared shows up and explains yeah. the entire thing, so that's... Yeah, that's one eleven, if I remember correctly. Family business. Oh, good deal. Hmm. But also, this one sets up uh, the next time he appears in the plot, which is, you know, like, the first stable connection we have between, like, these are things that are definitely linked. You know, where he picks up the bin and Dominic goes, oh, that's hot, and he goes, oh, no, I've had worse. You know, is a direct link to when he shows up in hospital for severe burns in episode yeah. 12. Which, oh my, ooh, can't wait to get into that one. Oh, juicy. <laughs> I have a lot now because it's been, I think, two years, year and a half maybe, that I started listening. And I am very, very bad at remembering details. So, like, I know the main storyline, and I vaguely know what each episode is about but like the details I have forgotten so it's really nice to re-listen to him now and be like oh yeah that's how that ties into this hmm. so like the Jared Key thingies I vaguely know where and when he shows up and what he does what he does but like episode 12 yeah he shows up in the hospital I can't tell any more than that so it's very nice to see all of that again yeah, it's, it's fun. It's Magnus, you know, it's a great podcast to re-listen to because when you know the story and you hear the things then in previous episodes, you go, oh, that's what it was because you don't realize yeah. necessarily as you're going forward. And it's especially strange for me because I, you know, listened to it all and got up to date uh, and now I'm re-listening to it in 
the space of maybe like four months. Uh, you know, so it, it, it's a strange like melange of information. Yeah, see, it's been so long for me that it's a lot of the details almost feel new again, or it's like with hindsight going, right, this happened here already. I can't believe it came up this early. So it's... It's fun. Yeah, there's some of them. There's some of them, and I like, when I look back through the episodes and I go, wait, that specific episode was only, like, you know, came up that early. Yeah. It's strange. Yeah, because I'd totally forgotten that Mike Crew show was mentioned already here. I know, I remember he showed up, he shows up at the library in, what was it, 12 or 17 or something. Yeah. And I know about him in the shopkeep thingy, and then his own statement, but I'd completely forgotten he actually, like, you get his backstory already, I'd forgotten. Literal backstory, because... Yeah, it's like... It's about the, the Lichten figure on his back. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, that's very early. Also, with mm. Breakin' and Hope in episode two already. Yeah, the definitely strong plot threads that they're setting up. Yes. It also sets up nicely just, like, the, the strange powers that the entities have, or at least objects that are aligned, because both... The coffin, which is linked to the buried, and now XL Diora, which is, you know, aligned with the vast. They have the ability, um, they have the ability to draw people in subconsciously to do things. The coffin made, um, what's his name? Can't remember. Slipped my mind. Yeah. Gillespie, was it? I think that was... Jacob, maybe? I, I don't know. Right. Um, they linked to, you know, they made, the coffin made him go try to get the key in his sleep to actually open the coffin, which would have led at that point, before he passed the test, to getting, um, you know, getting subsumed by the buried. And now he's, you know, Dominic is thinking so much of Exaltiora that it physically leads him to um, Pinhole Books, which is the place where the book transforms for him. Yeah. And the book already, it triggers his friend, it triggers his friend's vertigo already. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I love the fast so much. And it's interesting how the fast and the buried are so closely linked while also practically being opposites. Hmm. It's the most cogent example you have of why none of the individual um, rituals work to summon the entities. And this gets into why Smirk's list doesn't work. And yeah. the whole Watcher's Crown uh, and then Statement at the end for summoning all the entities. You know, because how can you have a fear of enclosed and tight spaces if there isn't wide open spaces to, yeah, to actually quantify it. it? Yeah. Yeah. Should we get the others back? Uh, yeah. If you, uh, 
we can't think of anything else? Well, wait, or what if we, we just don't summon them back? <laughs> we just end the episode. Yeah. Take them out of the we call, just, it's fine. <laughs> just tell Martin to stop recording. Yeah. No, I've, we've talked about everything I had written down as relevant and important, so... Alright. Let's do this. Ceaseless watcher, turn your gaze on these poor individuals. <laughs> um, Hannah, Hannah, Hannah died. <laughs> Hannah muted herself, I think. Yeah. Wait, let's add her. That was a lot. We had a lot to talk about. Yeah. Also a lot of How blood. long were we in there? I don't know, I wasn't counting, but... I think... think It it was 84 years. I think a solid 15 (laughs) minutes. Wait, isn't that how long Rose has been waiting in the Titanic? It's been 84 (laughs) years? (laughs) Yes. That is I'm on the same brainwave as you, Hannah. It's almost like we grew up on the internet at a time when gifts were coming popular. Yeah. (laughs) Oh... I think that's a very funny thing about, like, I only really realized this, but Elka and Faustina, you're, like, a good, not, like, much older than me and Nigel, but, like, significantly older enough and also not Irish that we just have completely different, like, cultural, um, kind of touchstones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Wait, wait, am I that Because I'm a couple years younger than Elka. Yeah, Fass is younger than me. I'm the oldest. What years are we all from? I'm from the tail end of 98. I was born in August of 2000. Fuck's sake. I thought for sure you were going to say something like, in 1800s. (laughs) You are a child. August 2000 is what it says on my most recent birth certificate. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that explains it. I when in August, though. Hmm? When in August? Oh, the very start. Okay, because I'm the very start of July, but in 97. I don't know what they could do with just our birthdays, but when put it above the internet to... Let's not find out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's like, I have a very good... Sorry, go for it. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, it's. I mean, it's surprising what you can do when you put out an experiment to see what people can do with your details. Like Jeremy Clarkson, when he was a columnist in the newspapers, was trying to make a point about how digital security or whatever is kind of a bit iffy. So he put his credit card details in his column just to see whether anyone would use them. Spoiler alert, they did. But, you know. <laughs> it's Clarkson. Yeah, he deserves it. It's like a, I have a friend, and that kind of point of how old all of us are. I have a friend who's in college with me, but his dad is a professor in the department that he's, uh, like, studying in. Awkward. So he, does, so he does history, and his dad's, like, one of the head history lecturers in Trinity. Um, <laughs> so the joke is, is that he is his own father. Oh, wow. Yeah. Lovely but also, cyclical. I know, but he's also like 
he does history. So I remember when I first met him. So I was like, what area of history are you into expecting it to be like modern history? And he was like, God, the Byzantines, aren't they just so fascinating? And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, I love a bit of Byzantines in the morning, huh? Those are the days. No one had rights. Yeah. He's just like, I don't give a shit about guns. I just like, you know, look at all these popes and all these religious reforms. And I'm like, okay. History has you. gotten arguably less cool since the advent of guns. Yeah. Um, Fuck God. Give me a sword <laughs> fight. <laughs> so, going back to the purpose of this show. Okay. Yes. Do you have any predictions based on uh, oh boy. this episode? Oh, so, so many predictions. All of the predictions. But shared them with the class. Alright, so these these fucking books, man. There's more of them. There are so many of them. That is my prediction. Yeah. They're all gonna come back and fuck shit up for everyone. Uh, mm. Yeah. My... And then, yeah, go for it. My prediction is I think Jared Key is gonna turn up. Yes. In some shape or form. And like, you know, at this stage in the podcast, the only voice you've heard is the archivist, but mm. I think it is a fact that like other voices do come in later on because it's a narrative podcast and like it, it'd be difficult to have two hundred voices of the same two hundred episodes of this only one person talking. Yeah, he like you know welcome to Nightfell is probably the the premature like the not the biggest inspiration but definitely the same vein as the Magnus archives and they have to get other voices. At some stage, so I think you'll hear from Jerry Keane himself, and maybe even hear the story of how he did or didn't murder his mother. Yeah, and then that's I think, definitely I think, gonna come up. I think Lightner's gonna come up again. I think you're gonna we're yep. gonna find out what that '94 incident is. I don't think it's gonna be for a while. I think there's gonna be a lot more freaky deaky books are gonna turn up before you kind of learn exactly what happened. Yeah, I wonder what all the books are gonna do like because these did these two books they did totally completely different things yeah i wonder what would happen if someone picked the books who just couldn't read because like jared 19 because one one was written in latin and the other was in sanskrit as far as we're aware and Mm -hmm. Well, Dominic doesn't speak Latin or Sanskrit, so reading the books wasn't really an option for him because he couldn't understand it anyway, but he can read and he has some vague understanding of Latin. So, like, what if someone just can't read at all, doesn't know any letters, would the effect still be the same? Probably. I think it'd be interesting as well if they could read it and what would it be if you could read the actual books. I'm yeah, I just be like translations. Well, I think the translations are out, and it's. I was gonna. I just had a very stupid joke in mind, but I actually don't think I can deliver it, so I'm not gonna fucking even attempt it. Oh, I, was gonna, oh, I was gonna be like, oh, I found a translation, and then just start reading out the opening scene of my immortal. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Ebony Dark. Ebony Dark. Dimension, Dimension Raven, Raven Way. Way. Oh no. 
Because <laughs> I was oh, like, this yes. would be such a good goof. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know how to do this correctly. <laughs> if it was that book, I definitely understand Jared burning it. Yeah, someone actually, th- someone actually did make uh, like a like a mock up translation of XL Teora, so they did. Ooh. It Ooh. begins thus: According to all known laws of aviation. Wow. <laughs> 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 oh, okay, we have to wrap this up because we're starting to get into the silly zone. Yeah, this it's all gonna come back. Yeah, I, I think this is the first episode, maybe episode two with the the two bald dudes. But this is one of the first episodes, yeah. which is like, okay, this this is setting up some future plot. Yep. Speaking of setting stuff up, uh, you should follow us on Twitter at Archive Admirers and send us your thoughts and opinions about what's happening in the Magnus Archives to our email, archiveadmirers at gmail dot com. Anyone a else have any plug? That was a smooth plug. <laughs> Listen, it's a difficult plugging shit, okay? Yeah. But yeah, uh, speaking of plugging, Nigel, plug your shit. Yeah, if you want, you can follow me on Twitter, at SpicyNigel, where recently I've posted some poems. Uh, one of them is about a, a mouse that got caught in a trap. It's also kind of about colonialism. Who knows? He also posted an article that was inspired by us giving out about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how it ruined film. Well, not ruined oh, film. Oh, yeah. I wrote the article and then I was like, hey, I had this conversation on Twitter with Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of opinions. Um, speaking of Twitter, you can follow me at, uh, at CurlyCompSci on Twitter, where I've gone a surprisingly long time without talking about Toronto, but I've just replaced it with talking about college instead. So it's really, it's just the same fucking bullshit, just different topics, really. Uh, but yeah! Um, I don't think we have anything else to say, guys. Is that it for this fifth slash fourth episode? Well, yeah. Do, do Faustina and Elka want to uh, plug anything? The Twitter exists. I'm never on it. I've been on it recently because I want to see what Trump's writing because he's so dumb and, you know, it's funny. But that's all I use my Twitter for, so... <laughs> it's dumb and funny and he's a fucking loser. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, no, don't follow me. I don't post anything. Oh, change our social media handles and all our personal inform- information so we don't get docs. We'll see you guys next time. Goodbye! I just changed my voice. (laughs) Oh, what the fuck?